0: When a man who loves animals so much society tells him to change, he's going to fight the system. But will his nose be a friend or foe? (laughs) That made zero sense. What are you talking about? Hold on. Just keep listening to the episode. And then we travel to Japan to take a look at a conspiracy theory that the Japanese Red Cross used young men's own horniness to get them to donate blood. Sounds like a pretty sounds like a pretty cool deal honestly if you ask me, but does this fun story point us towards a much bleaker future? One where the AI controls everything we do. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. <laughs> Everyone, Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garvener. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had an awesome weekend doing whatever you're doing. hope you guys are also still working on your 90 days to a better you challenge. We started that a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, but you can start whenever. It doesn't matter. 90 days to a better you. Just pick a goal and try to complete it within 90 days. You're like running for president all of a sudden. You're like, ah, oh, I only have 90 days. Any more than that. It's great. It's fun. I'm doing it. A lot of my listeners do it. If you, do, It's free, too. This isn't some sort of money-making scam. Set a goal and see what you can achieve in 90 days. Trust me, if you do it, you will be better for it. I guess I can't, I guess I can't guarantee that you want to be the world's best bank robber and you end up in jail. You're like, no, my life sucks now. But someone who robs banks and never gets caught walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, everyone give it up for our newest Patreon supporter. Lord Shin 2021. Yeah, woohoo! Come on in, Lord Shin 2021. Lord Shin, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy and get this episode started. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to drive all the way out to a psychiatrist's office. If you're a new listener to the show, you probably didn't notice anything different, but longtime listeners of the show... Notice that I left something out of that intro. Normally, I say, if you can't swear the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. It means a lot. But this episode, I have some homework for you. In that psychiatrist... This is real. This is totally real. I need this. I need this. Everyone who's listening to this episode, you now have a homework assignment. In the psychiatrist's office is an item. Now, it's not just in this psychiatrist's office. Apparently, this is a tool that many psychiatrists use, and... I want one of these. I I, I kind of need one of these. I'm kind of becoming obsessed. I feel like, as I'm talking about it, I'm Indiana Jones looking down a dark jungle tunnel only to see a golden idol sitting on a stone wall. I need this. Let's take a look at the story of this guy who's experiencing this truly cursed item. I mean, if anything comes close to the Necromonon. It's this thing, or the Necronomicon. I've been told I've been pronouncing it wrong for the past 46 years of my life. A cursed object. This guy named Va-Sasha posted this online. Um, We're going to call him Josh. Josh? Even the story starts off where it's missing so much context. Because the story starts off with Josh being arrested for committing bestiality. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta know how that part happened, right? I, I can't imagine how you get caught doing that. I mean, I guess there's a bunch of different ways, right? You video, People videotape themselves doing it. Which, I'm, I get it, sure, like, rappers will videotape themselves, like, juggling fentanyl, and they're like, this is where I get my money, and they're, like, sitting on a bunch of dollar bills, not dollar bill, hundred dollar bills, right? And they get arrested, there is a one famous rapper in San Francisco. Actually, he wasn't famous. He was famous in the underground scene. His name was Kraz, I think it was. And he would rap about how much money he made selling weed. And they scooped him up. He's still in prison as far as I know. He got like 20 years for dealing. Because he was dealing so much he was shooting music videos about how much weed he was selling. But that's fine, right? <laughs> it's, not fine. it's actually illegal. It was illegal back then. At least this is back in the early 2000s. He actually might be getting out soon, now that I think about it, but hopefully. the That's one thing, right? Like, you're filming yourself, throwing around money, whatever. It's artistic license. Sure, you're committing a crime, whatever. I don't understand why someone would film such a disgusting act, but people do. So maybe they found video footage of him... Maybe, which which is which is fine, right? On the funniness meter, on the laughometer, it's out of ten, it's probably like a, a one or a two, right? Whatever. But I'm thinking, wouldn't it have been funnier? <laughs> but first, I'll let me back up and say this is a horrible crime. It's animal abuse. I'm trying not to make light of it as I'm laughing, but if you had to arrest someone for if all of a sudden this hypothetical fell in your lap. Would it rather be that you caught video footage of him doing it or that like some nosy neighbor some nosy neighbor looked over the fence and caught him in the act? That'd be way that'd be way funny. Like Jason, courts, judges don't care how funny it is how funny it is that they got caught. I just imagine like some like old woman like baking muffins. She hears a sound in the backyard. It's a guy kissing a dog. And she's like, what? And then I imagine like a little family circle type cartoon strip of this (laughs) Poking her head up over... Okay, so here's the... Obviously, I don't... I'm Obviously, I'm approaching this. I'm not being super sensitive to the topic. I'm sorry. I, I would not be laughing so much. I wouldn't be like, Oh, he kicked that dog to death. But did he get caught in a funny way? It's different. Still animal abuse. Hopefully, people aren't unsubscribing to the show right now. But I'm just saying, right? There's a funny way to get caught committing a crime in a boring way. So hopefully, he got caught by... A neighbor or a policeman was just passing by and he heard a <sniffs> on a dog. Anyways, Josh got arrested <laughs> committing bestiality, and he made a deal. He made a deal. They he would serve no prison time for his crime, and and really more importantly, would stay off the sex offender registry. That's the big thing, right? You can do a year or two in prison standing on your head, as long as you keep to yourself. But if you're on the sex offender registry, you can't work. You can't, you know, get a place to live, all this stuff. Now, it's kind of gross because he actually did have sex with an animal. We don't know if it was a dog. I'm assuming it's in a dog for what's coming up later, but it doesn't matter. They're like, oh, it's just a squirrel. We'll let you off with a warning. He had sex with an animal, most likely a dog. Even if he's not on the sex offender registry, he's still a sex offender, but you can make deals so you don't appear on that. This guy, he can stay off the sex offender registry, even though he's a sex offender and a creepy one at that. Like, again, we haven't even gotten started. If he completes aversion therapy. So he's like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, I can stay out of prison. I don't have to be on the registry. I just have to do this, this aversion therapy. I can do that. But then he goes, well, what's aversion therapy? And they go, well, it's it's not what you think. It's not like we attach electrodes to you. It's not, not torturous. And he's like, oh, OK, good. They they said what we do is we're going to hook your penis up to this machine, this electrical machine. Right, it is kind of electrical. They hook your penis up to this thing called a PPG test that actually tell how aroused you're getting, and it's like a lie detector for your penis. And we're gonna show you deviant images. It sounds like a good Saturday afternoon to me. They show you deviant images while you're hooked up to this PPG. And if you show arousal, we take this vial of smells. We have like these little jars in the office. This is what I want, guys. I want one of these. They have these jars in these offices. And they go, well, hold it under your nose and you just take three deep breaths And that is the aversion therapy. We'll just do that, you know, once a week. Takes about 30 minutes, an hour to go through it. And he's like, dude, I can totally do that. That's totally fine. Now, what's creepy is he's writing this and he says multiple times, listen, I committed the crime and I understand that and I'll never do it again. However, I don't want to change who I am inside. He says this a couple times over two different posts. I don't want to change who I am inside. See, he's an animal lover. He really, really loves animals. So that's such an intrinsic part of his personality. He does not want to let go of that. Anybody who knows anything about therapy knows that that's the goal, right? Is to get rid of that. Oh, I don't want to gamble all my money away, but I don't want to get rid of the risk taker that I really am inside. Well, that's. What's causing that problem in the first place, right? I don't want to change who I am. It's actually part of his personality that he's a zoophile. So he decides to start doing this aversion therapy. And what happens is he's posting a story online on week five. He's been doing this for five weeks now. And he posts online and he's like, I have no idea what I signed up for. None. Because I'm failing the PPG test. They are hooking me up to this thing, they're showing these animals, this doing stuff, right? Not playing there's not a bunch of dogs playing poker, even though that is deviant. It's sex stuff with dogs, and he's getting aroused by it, and then the therapist brings this <laughs> brings these vials to him and makes him sniff them. And he goes, I can barely even get two deep breaths. And I begin retching uncontrollably. He goes, I'm so nauseous that even when it's over with, as I'm leaving the office going home, I still feel like I'm going to puke. These scents are animal related, right? Makes sense. Uh, One of them is rotten meat, just like the most pungent rotten meat smell right under your nostril and you have to sniff did I tell, did I tell you guys not to eat before this segment? I don't know if I if I included that part. Rotten meat right underneath your nose. You have to get three deep nostril folds right of this of this smell. The other one is cat spray right up under your nostrils. And then I've never smelled this. I've smelled the first two, right? But This one, I've heard horror stories about this. I've never had a a pet dog, but I have had friends that have, and they've told me about times they've had to interact with the dog's anal gland, and that's the smell. It's just pure, undiluted, the scent of a dog's anal gland right under your nose, and you're forced to smell it. Not like you can pull away and be like, no, 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 no more. Take the dog to the vet. I'm tired of doing this myself. No, this is part of your therapy, and it lasts about an hour a week. Now, part of this therapy is he also has homework to do, which sounds hilarious. They give him just a chunk of rotten meat in a little lunchbox, a little He-Man metal lunchbox. They're like, now you got to go home and do this, do this, connect the dots. And once you realize what it's a picture, of, you got to smell that rotten meat. He has homework to do, but this is again where he says, I don't want to change who I am, so I really haven't been doing the homework. But it's week five now, and my therapist is able to tell that I'm not in it to win it. The therapist can actually tell I'm not committed to changing things. And it's interesting, the therapist said, Listen, society has decided that what you did is so wrong... That you have to do this. We have to change you so you don't have these desires anymore. If you do not, by the end of the year, you will be in jail and a registered sex offender. So it's your choice. But you have to start working on it and taking this seriously. Or I'm going to bring out the stronger sense. And he's freaking out. He goes, stronger sense? It gets worse than what I'm smelling now? And that's when the, the therapist goes, what, what you're smelling now is diluted. The, n- <laughs> the normal smells are 10 times as strong. So you have to make a decision right now. Are you going to st- stick with this or not? You got to do your homework. You got to figure this out. He posted that back in June. He has to do this program for a year. It's once a week. It lasts about an hour. And he has to get his act together. Well, just earlier this month, Josh posted again online. He said, "Guys, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. It's been three months, really four months since this started, and now I have to go twice a week, and they're using the stronger smells. And because he's failing, right? He's still looking at these images and getting aroused. He has this PPG machine hooked up to him, which I." of all sort of sound effects it's all a boing and the therapist is like oh it made the boing noise again it's a little less than the ooga but still no boings allowed looking at this picture he's all getting the jars ready the guy's like no this seems like clockwork orange level stuff i don't know what country this is happening in i'm assuming america but i didn't know they did stuff like this anymore and it seems kind of effective right well, not for this guy. <laughs> he's been doing this for four months. It hasn't changed him. Well, now they he wasn't doing the homework, right? He wasn't doing the paint by numbers of revealing these disgusting pictures that he's throwing up at home. He wasn't committed to it. And now they're using these more powerful smells. He has to go twice a week. And he goes, these smells, I used to just be three deep breaths. He goes, now they hold it under my nose for 15 seconds. And I have to just be breathing it in the whole time. And, it's interesting, I didn't think about this, you have to switch up the smells, otherwise you would get used to it, right? That's why they would use like the rotten meat, the dog anal gland, and the cat pee, because you would just be like, oh, the sense of cat pee, that reminds me of Sparkles, my family cat. Like, if you smelled a smell enough, even if it got taken away from you and put it back, you would build up an immunity to it, but if you didn't know if you were going to get rotten meat or <laughs> dog anal gland. I mean, out of those two, I'd rather have rotten meat, but... It, you don't know, it like psychs your brain out. Well, now they're still doing the dog anal gland and the cat pee, but there's a new scent involved. And it's funny because he goes, when I ask what is that smell, they never tell me. He goes, I can put two and two together. I, I know the smell of rotten meat, no know the smell of dog anal gland. He goes, this new one, I don't really know what the smell is. The way he describes it is they stick it under his nose and he says it smells like rancid <laughs> dog breath. Rancid dog breath. And he goes, it's actually more than that. He goes, imagine that if a dog with dental problems, like you had a dog with rotten teeth, just ate roadkill and feces, and then walked up to you and put its face right under your nose and breathed into your nostrils for 15 seconds straight and he says in this again in his post he goes i don't want to change who i am but in this post when he's talking about the therapy he says quote what i hate about it is that it works so even though he's failing this ppg test he's getting aroused by these images he's smelling these scents it is changing his attraction towards animals the smells are so strong They're held under his nose for so long. It is changing who he is inside. Now, who he is inside is someone who's very likely to commit criminal acts against innocent animals, right? Who he is inside is someone who wants to engage in bestiality. He holds that as a core character identity, and it's being erased. And he's fighting that psychological battle, and he's losing. He's losing out to one of the five senses of the human body. Isn't that fascinating? To think about something that you... I mean, he's a sicko, right? I'm not saying that. I'm not just defending anything he's doing. I did laugh about it a lot ten minutes ago, but he's a sicko. And and again, he could have chosen to just go to jail and be on the sex offender registry for ten years, rest of his life, whatever the sentence was. But he chose this, and it's changing who he is. For the better, right? Now he doesn't want to have sex with animals, but crazy. It, it seems so simple, right? A smell can actually, like, could that work against somebody else, right? Let's say that it wasn't something egregious. Let's say, I mean, you figure it would, right? If you were an overeater, you loved eating, not anymore after listening to this episode, you're like, I'm done, I'm done. But yeah, imagine if every time you wanted to eat a chicken pot pie, they're showing you these photographs of this delicious food. They stuck a disgusting smell under your nose. I wonder if you could actually make someone starve themselves to death. Like, you could actually turn them off of all food. But, I mean, that's like a biological necessity. What if there was something... What if you loved art? You love looking at paintings. Like, could, could you override somebody's core... Programming, some part of someone's soul simply by assaulting one of their five senses. I mean, you could obviously torture people. 1984 is all about that, right? Like, how badly do you have to beat a man before he stops loving symphonies? The spoil, Spoiler alert, but that's basically 1984 in one sentence. But even that's like physical torture, fear and stuff like that. That's just this breathing the stuff. And someone else replied on one of his posts, this guy named Yik Lok. And and it's interesting. Uh, He said, listen, by the end of the year, you'll either be in jail or be a registered sex offender, or the mere sight of a dog is going to be enough to give you the dry heaves. Pick one. And that would be true, right? Like, just by looking at them, he would get sick. He wouldn't be able to even have a normal human relationship with an animal he would just be disgusted by them fascinating right like the fact that you could change something about somebody whether it's good or bad right this is a bad thing that he either needs to do the time for or change but you could probably also obviously do it for good stuff Uh, a very compassionate person if every time they saw two people hugging you shoved dog puke up their nostrils (laughs) i'm pretty sure they'd stop being compassionate fascinating and i want one of these vials i want one of these i've actually been looking for them online to buy i can find skunk spray i can find dog pee boring i want a jar i want a jar that contains the smell of a rancid dog's breath i actually was looking up a version therapist in my area to ask i wanted to i very rarely do interviews on this show i think i've done maybe 3 or 4 i'll talk to people behind the scenes and stuff like that to get more information i couldn't find one And then I started, that's when I go, well, maybe I can just buy one. (laughs) Maybe there's some black market therapist out there. He's walking around with a trench coat, a very, very smelly trench coat, holding it open. What do you want? I want one of these vials, man. I could do so much with one of these vials, right? Yeah, (laughs) I could throw it at people. That's kind of all I can think of. I could sit there and I could check it at someone. Ah, I would keep it as a relic next to my balloon boy i have a piece of the balloon boy balloon not a piece of the balloon boy himself but it would i want a vial of rancid dog breath actually now that I thought about it someone could just send me a vial and go here you go and wonder whether or not i would open it up (laughs) would i just trust them or would i go yeah that's (laughs) that's rotten dog teeth i want one of these vials I want the scent. That's so fascinating. The story's fascinating. I didn't even know this therapy was still around. Apparently it works. Crazy, insane true crime story. But let's go ahead and get on to our next one. Because trust me, I can keep talking about that one. Let's go ahead. This next one, though, is even weirder. If you were able to stomach that last one, this one's not gross, but it had some really interesting implications for you you specifically lord shin 2021 let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the carpenter copter we're leaving behind this therapist office with clothespins pins around our nose i'm not i'm breathing it in baby ah that's the stuff fly us out of here we're headed all the way out to japan first off i gotta give a shout out to one of our dead rabbit radio loyal listeners She's out raised by wolves. She's out raised by wolves. Recommended this story to me. Absolutely fascinating. They posted it on the Dead Rabbit Radio subreddit. Never heard of it. Great story. Thank you so much. This story is really summed up in one sentence. The question is Did the Japanese government target nerds in Japan, male nerds, for blood donations? And then the other follow up question would be why them, right? Would there be a reason why you'd want nerds to do this? Or otaku is the term. Otaku is actually worse than a nerd. Otaku is almost like an insult. It's like a shut-in in in Japan who does nothing but play video games, read manga, and watch anime. (laughs) Japan sounds totally awesome, right? sounds totally awesome. I wish I could do that. I used to. But, um, yeah, was more of like a, a, a insult over there. Nerds, we have nerd culture and all that stuff over here and everything. I used to get beat up for being a nerd, right? And now I get to see people wear my culture on their shirts. Sir, I, let me have a word with you. Anyways, 2019 is when our saga takes place. There was this manga written by a guy named Taki. And he wrote it. <laughs> you could obviously tell I was questioning the pronunciation as I said it. He wrote this manga called Uzaki Chan Wants to Hang Out. And what it's about, it's about these two college kids. One of them is kind of a loner, just kind of wants to go through the motions and get through school, whatever. And then there's this girl named Hana Uzaki. And she's like always trying to get him to do stuff and she's super annoying. And, and kind of the setup is, will they, won't they? Like, will he eventually fall for her? Does she really have feelings for him? It's kind of like a soap opera type thing. Hana Uzaki, her character, other than being annoying and vivacious and, and just a, a glimmer of light, a glimmer of hope in this poor dude's life, she also has size J boobs. She has these giant boobs and she's just living her best life with giant boobs and what I'm assuming crippling back pain as well. She's running around, they're going on these adventures. It's more like a slice-of-life manga, right? It's not like they're fighting Doctor Doom or anything like that. Anyways, so back in 2019, they've done this before. The Japanese Red Cross will team up with manga creators and anime anime creators to have them draw stuff. Basically, like a little poster, right? You donate blood, you get a poster. And they've done this before. And this particular time they got a hold of Taki. And they said, hey, Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. Do you want to do something for the Japanese Red Cross? And he jumped at it. He said, absolutely. And this is so interesting. Back in 1995, the author was seriously injured during the Great Hanshin Earthquake of 1995, which we all know was caused by magical princess Minky Momo. Put that episode in the show notes. But he was really badly injured in this earthquake, and he survived because of blood donations. He survived because the Japanese Red Cross had enough blood of the type that he needed. And so he has always loved supporting the Japanese Red Cross and supporting blood donation drives and stuff like that. So when they approached him, he goes, yeah, totally. He might have even approached them at, at this point, but they were totally ready to do this. So the file for this one, and these posters were kind of posted around town, apparently, too, was a picture of Hana Uzaki she's wearing this really tight black shirt. Her clothes are normally pretty tight. She's wearing this normal, like this button-up black shirt, but it's pretty tight. She's holding, this is probably a cultural thing, she's holding a tray of fruits and veggies. And then she's yelling. It looks like she's (laughs) screaming at you, but she's saying, Senpai, have you not donated blood yet? Are you perhaps scared of needles? That's the whole thing, right? It was just this image and on the back was her and the dude pretending to like be spies or something like that. You had this. What the conspiracy theory is about this? That's all true. All that stuff really happened is that they specifically chose this character, this bust, even though she's not like super sexualized. The comic book is apparently PG PG-13. She's not like it's not a nude one, right? But the reason why they chose Hana Uzaki is they were specifically targeting males to donate blood in Japan. Because you, the conspiracy theory goes that less women were donating blood. And the Japanese Red Cross goes, if we can't get more women to donate blood, let's get more men to donate blood. So we're going to use this woman, this busty woman, and we're going to get more guys in here. Now that that that's where a conspiracy theory comes from because obviously we don't know what they were thinking. We don't know if that was their master plan. We can look at the statistics and she's out raised by wolves. Send me some of these statistics. Thank you very much for this. We look at in 2020 you had 1.5 million women donating blood and 3.6 million men Donated blood that year. So by the night, this started in 2019. We see in 2020 that there is a huge difference. In most countries, it's 50 50. 50% men, 50% women. There's a few countries where a lot more men than women, like Greece and parts of Italy as well. It's like 60 30 a difference, but generally it's 50 50. So you are seeing a huge increase of men donating blood. We co- I couldn't find the statistics for 2019, neither could they. We couldn't get them. But we do have a just we do have a rise there. So did they plan for this? Did they say, "Listen, not enough women"? And and we do we can see statistics from 2014 to 2020. There was a dip in blood donations. We can actually look it dropping pretty regularly until 2019, and then it started to rise again. So we did we did see that. Now people may have been donating more blood for all sorts of reasons, but we definitely have these coincidences, you could say. So did they plan that? Did the Japanese Red Cross go, we need to make up for the females not donating, so let's get more males to donate blood? And then there was even a more interesting spin on that conspiracy theory. It wasn't that they just wanted more men to donate blood. They wanted nerds to donate blood. They wanted the otaku to donate blood because, and this is pretty common, right? I think it's the same thing in America. To be a blood donor... You have to have not had sex with a new partner within the past six months. So if you're married, you're with the same person forever, it doesn't matter. If you haven't had sex in six months, it doesn't matter. But if you're out tomcatting around Tokyo, banging women at bars and stuff like that, you can't donate blood. So they specifically targeted guys who weren't getting laid very often, right? That's the conspiracy theory, because if they just marketed to men in general, you'd get guys walking in and being like, yo, I just had sex with one of your nurses in the back room, don't know her name, but it's time to give blood. They're like, sir, you can't do that also. You should probably get yourself checked out. She's full of disease. We won't let her donate either. They wanted specifically men who weren't sexually active. So they took a character from a rom- uh, from like a romance manga. Again, it's not like a horny x-rated one, right? It's almost like a soap opera for guys manga. And you're getting these guys coming in and they're walking away with this little picture of Hana Uzaki. It's an interesting conspiracy theory and again, we the events are real. The conspiracy theory comes down to when they were coming up with this decision in the office. Was that what was going on? Did they go? We need to boost the levels of nerd blood in our system. How do we do that? And this is what this is the plan they came up with. They get a busty girl from a popular Japanese manga, soap opera, slice of life type comic book, and there you go. And actually, after this first campaign in 2019, it was so popular they ended up doing an anime of this. Two people walking around in college. I guess it's a cartoon where people are like, did you study for your test? And he's like, no. And she's like, you should. (laughs) What's the cliffhanger to that? I mean, I guess people watch soap barbers in real life. I watch Lifetime movies all the time. I mean, I guess I can't criticize it, but I mean, if you have the ability to animate anything, (laughs) I mean, literally you can draw anything you could possibly think of. People walking around a college setting. I I know it's popular. I know slice of life anime is super popular. I'm just like, can't they at least like punch each other or like slice people up with swords and stuff like that? I guess not, because that's illegal and unrealistic, and this is supposed to be a realistic cartoon comic. People love it. But anyways, fascinating conspiracy theory, and one that we won't know. And it's so mundane, right? It's so, it doesn't affect anyone's life. Some guy only had one gallon left of blood in him, and he's just super horny. He's like, oh, I really want that picture of that girl. To, oh, take some more of my blood. It doesn't really affect anyone. And these are the conspiracy theories that I think are super likely, right? But I want to segue into something else, because what you have, like, let's step back from it. It's kind of a fun story about, I mean, we. it may not be a conspiracy theory at all, right? Or it could be them going, we need more nerd blood, let's do this tactic. But... It could be more sinister because at the end of the day, what's going on and why they're doing it, they're saving lives. It involves people's health. So their blood. You're kind of manipulating people to give your blood to get this little picture of this girl. But you have a bunch of blood. Blood replenishes itself pretty quickly. So I spent about five weeks in California with my mom recently during the summer. And I bought her this thing for a year called Friendly... Friendly TV, it's basically, this isn't an ad, but I love the service because, you know, nowadays you either pay $100 for your cable package or you have all these streaming channels that don't show what you want anymore. Friendly has this thing, I think it was like $70 for a year, and it gave you like 32 channels of television. And some of them were, like, it will, you'll get local news and stuff like that. Because my mom watches local news. But then it has, like, the Hallmark Channel. And it has Vice. I was watching Vice and stuff down there. But I was watching a ton of Lifetime Channel movies. I can watch <laughs> Lifetime I call it pretty girl television. Lifetime Channel. I can watch it seriously all day long. It's one of my vices. Jessica Morris. Oh, my goodness. She's a goddess. But anyways... You sit there and you're watching this television. Now, it's streaming, but it plays like regular television. It's It has advertising. And I'm sitting there and we're watching it, watching, you know, stalked by my cheerleaders coach or whatever. And then it cuts to the commercial break. And I'm like, oh no, are they going to get away from the cheerleader coach? You would watch the commercial and it would be like normal commercials. So we'd see commercials for like local restaurants, right? You know, like Chili's or whatever. Stuff they want to show commercials for up here. For example, where I live, and there's no Chili's, unfortunately. We're seeing these local commercials. We're seeing these national commercials for like, well, Chili's is national, but you know what I mean? Like regional restaurants. Then they have like Charmin commercials and stuff like that. It wasn't like YouTube commercials. It wasn't like a, commercials that are a total waste of my time for like politicians. I don't even know the name for. Whatever. Well, I guess that's the <laughs> reason because I, I don't know their names, that you know, YouTube tell YouTube advertising is so shotgun, right? It never seems to really apply to you. Yet that's kind of what I'm getting to here. Watching this friendly television, and then what I saw down there was so interesting because I don't know where Friendly is getting these ads. I don't know if we're actually watching the ad package. For the Lifetime Movie Network. Like had I gone to my brother's house, who does pay a hundred month, hundred dollars a month for cable and all those streaming services and everything. I don't know if I was watching Lifetime Movie Network at his house at the same time, we would see the same commercials, right? We may. We may be watching basically the cable equivalent or of Lifetime, or we may be watching an internet streaming version of it. So the ads are changing. I don't have the answer to that, but what I do know is as we were sitting there watching, I saw more commercials for Crohn's disease, like medications for Crohn's disease, than I've ever seen. Now, my mother suffers from Crohn's disease. And at, it took like maybe 10 or, you know, commercials you don't even really pick out at first unless they're really funny or super weird. It wasn't until like three or four days watching Lifetime Movie Network that I realized why are they showing all these commercials for Crohn's medication? What, what, what are all of these popping up for? And I started to think about it and I go, if this is internet based, obviously we're on my mom's Wi Fi. We, I've been researching Crohn's medicine for her, trying to find stuff. She's doing really, she's doing good, right? But it's like twelve hundred dollars a month for her medicine. So I'm like looking for alternatives and stuff like that. I'm like, here, just eat these hay seeds and drink thistle milk, and that won't, they won't work, but it sure is yummy. You know, I'm trying to look for alternatives. She's totally fine. She doesn't have any complications from it or anything. But I started to think, what if this is internet? Like, what if it's because we're talking about it and all the microphones in the house are picking it up, right? Everything's smart, even if you don't know it. And that's why we're getting those commercials. Is it possible, because I'm doing these Google searches, that it's showing those commercials? That YouTube will do stuff like that from time to time because of the videos I watch on YouTube. Every so often, YouTube will start showing me ad. This is not a joke. I might have even talked about it before. They'll start showing me ads for schizophrenia magic medication. <laughs> That's 100% true. And I'm sure you guys have gotten them too. It's those real creepy videos. Those really creepy ads where they're like, I was in Washington, D.C. when the hallucinations began again. And it's all in these black and white charcoal drawings. I'll see if I can find one to put it in the show notes. They're actually like really kind of cool, creepy um, ads but if i'm watching enough stuff you you type in alex jones you're gonna start getting those schizophrenia ads i think it could be something like that right it could be something that we're simply talking about and the internet is go oh they're looking into this well let's give them this medication that's just been invented and barely tested on anyone but then i thought interesting right i thought that was interesting i thought this hana uzuki story was interesting And then I wanted to peanut butter and jelly it together. And we're going to wrap it up with this conspiracy theory. Because what I predict is going to happen. My mom has Crohn's. She's had it for decades, right? And they're talking about this medication. I predict that eventually we will begin to see ads for diseases we don't even know we have. Picture this. Picture this is weird, and it's 100% believable. Based on your internet history, I think you could predict future health problems. Based And remember, it's not only that. It's not just what you're typing into Google. It's everything you're saying around any electronic device. I hang out at Sabine's house once a week, maybe. It's far less than that lately. Most of the time we're hanging out in my place. When I'm at my place and I start Googling stuff, she starts getting ads for it. She'll get ads, she'll be, wake up one morning and she'll check the news and there'll be <laughs> ads for nunchucks. There'll be ads for, it's constantly weapons and then they'll stop for a while. And then she'll start seeing it. She goes, Jason, are you are you planning on buying a gun? Because I start getting all of these ads for holsters and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about it. It's kind of coming to that point where It's almost irresponsible for me not to have a gun. I don't think anyone else would agree with that statement. But anyways, so you're sitting around, you're talking about, you're talking to a friend about how your stomach hurts, right? Maybe you're playing a game and you're on your headset and you're talking about your stomach's not feeling good. And you've noticed you started to have a little bit of pain in your joints, and the AI is picking all of that stuff up. And I predict eventually by the time you realize that you have, let's just say, type 2 diabetes, you've been seeing ads for it a month or two before you even realize it. It will start to detect your symptoms by what you talk about. Because one of the first things I do when I get sick is I Google it. Is this normal? I did tell you guys I got Lyme disease. I didn't tell you guys that. I got Lyme disease over the summer. And I Googled, like... Uh, I have a circle on my arm. I have a rash. That's a perfect circle. I watched it appear over the course of one day with a little dot in the middle of it. And I started getting pain in my knee and pain in my left foot. And I went to the doctor and I had to go on a bunch of antibiotics that cleared up. But yeah, that's the first thing I do, right? And so people are going to be typing this stuff. Why does my stomach hurt? Why does my heart beat fast when I wake up? Like all of these ailments we type in, we type in, we look at WebMD, we go, oh, it's nothing. Or it could be one of these 10 things, but that's super obscure. I don't think it's anything like that. We go about our lives. The AI remembers that, right? And when I'm saying AI, I'm not talking specifically about Skynet. I guess just the algorithm, that's a better term right now. The algorithm remembers that. And it stores all that. And you're putting in all of your symptoms over the course of six months to a year. The, the algorithm will figure out, oh, this guy is going to have gastrointestinal bleeding in the next year. So let's start advertising. him. And you're going to see ads for things. And you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't have that. Like, now you're super paranoid about all those ads you see for toenail fungus because we all get them, right? I have the best feet in the world. They are hobbit feet, and I have those toes that can pick, pick up pencils and stuff like that, quarters. I can pick up stuff with my feet. But we all get the gross ads because it makes us look at them. But what if those ads stop being like these gross, shocking ads that we click on because we want to see some gross photos? And, they, and you look and you're like, I don't have that. I don't have an underactive thyroid. But you do... You just haven't been diagnosed for it yet. Based on all of your symptoms. I mean, think about it. It could even tell the fact that you're like waking up late at night and going online. It could, the algorithm could register, doesn't sleep all the way through the night. Restless sleep, fitful sleep. It's putting all this stuff in and it's diagnosed. I'm telling you, if this doesn't exist now, it will. You will be marketed cures for diseases you don't even know you have. And that is interesting and potentially life-saving, right? You're being marketed drugs, so the second that you start to have that and the doctor says, hey, I think that you have this problem, you could be like, that's so weird, I've been seeing ads for that, and you kind of have maybe a little bit more information to go off of, maybe. In a good way, the algorithm storing this information and pre-diagnosing you, because so many of our illnesses, you can tell you're going to get them, not all of them obviously, right? But there are a lot of illnesses. Like you can fit a genetic factor for depression. You can fit a genetic factor for Crohn's, right? You can have these things and they go, you have a high chance of getting Crohn's or having Crohn's already. You just don't know it, IBS, all this stuff. But then also we have to look at the dark side of the algorithm. Because this could work both ways, right? It could pre-diagnose you and then it could misdiagnose you on purpose. The algorithm could look at you and say, just like we could go back to this conspiracy theory. The nerds, we need blood. They can't have had sex with a new person in six months. We're going to target them specifically. What if the algorithm and some shady people, medical companies behind the scenes, right? They go, we need to boost the profits of drug X. We need to get more people to take this drug to meet our quarterly goals they can use the algorithm to look for people who fit that type not that they necessarily have the disease but that they could they find single men who are 46 years old who are overweight who spend a lot of time in a haunted closet and they pump all this stuff in and they start marketing me for drugs because they know what my symptoms are right they can go that's interesting he said recently that he his stomach hurt he we picked it up on the mic the algorithm says this guy's 45 years old 46 in what two weeks my birthday's coming up if there's this about him this about him he wakes up in the middle of night he only gets like five hours of sleep a day blah 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 blah. we have all of this stuff about him and we know that this drug because they're specifically looking for people that this drug will work for they go let's start marketing him this drug it won't it won't hurt him maybe i don't know it won't help him. He doesn't have the disease. But if we start trying to convince him, hey, if you have a stomach ache, you can't sleep all night, and sometimes you find yourself in a haunted closet, take this pill. And you start seeing this ad, and you're like, well, that is weird. I do always wake up in the middle of the night, and I do often have a sour stomach, and I do often have all these other things. And you start looking in what medication you don't need. The algorithm is selling you a product. They're misdiagnosing you on purpose. I predict both of those things will happen. And it will be something no one will be aware of, right? It'll be a conspiracy theory in a boardroom somewhere. And they'll just be... Because they just harvest this information. Whether it's for a political campaign or a marketing campaign, the people just sell it. And we willingly give it out every time we talk in front of a smart device. Be it a phone, a watch, a computer, a fridge. They take all that... They can pre-diagnose you and possibly save a lot of lives by making money still, right? They're not doing it out of the kindness of their own heart. They're making money or they can misdiagnose you on purpose to make money and maybe risk lives. But one or but I predict both of those things will, ha- if they're not happening now, they'll start happening within the next couple of years and we won't know about it until years after that when it's exposed. And by the time it's exposed, there'll already be a new trick they're working on. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal, conspiracy, and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. And I'm glad you listened to it today. Every other day.